Hello, my name is Brian Bratt, and welcome to Interviewing People, where I talk to a variety of people about how they ended up where they are today, what they learned from their mistakes, and what advice they have for our futures. Today, Emily Lammers, a legislative assistant in the U.S. House of Representatives, is with us to talk about her career journey in politics. Enjoy the show. Welcome to today's uh, edition of Interviewing People, where we have Emily Lammers, a graduate in 2013 from Van Buren, and she is now a, a legislative assistant in the U.S. House of Representatives. So she's going to be talking to us about her experience and how she ended up where she is today, uh, what she's learned along the way, and I'd also love to hear where she wants to go from here. So, Emily, thank you very much for joining us today, and I'd love to hear what a legislative assistant in the U.S. House of Representatives does. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, so as a legislative assistant in the House of Representatives, I uh, oversee or manage specific issue areas for the congressman. So I'm fortunate enough to work for Congressman Latta. He represents Northwest Ohio, including Van Buren. Um, and I handle various issues for him so that, for example, I oversee the agriculture portfolio. Um, and through that, I'm basically like, in theory, like think of it as becoming like an agriculture expert. So any issues that might become before Congress related to agriculture need to be up to speed on so that I can brief the congressman. There's just so many different issue areas. Like, for example, we have a staffer in our office that just oversees health care. And during a pandemic, he's very busy. Um, but just there's just so much to read. If there's any bills that are coming before the House of Representatives um, related to agriculture or any of the different issue areas, I read the whole bill, um, summarize it, um, and so that the Congress can congressman can make a decision on how he would like to vote on the bill. Um, and then also another big part is that there's constituents, residents of Northwest Ohio um, that have maybe various issues um, related to the federal government, um, issues that they could have with their Medicare payments or with veterans issues or even farmers that have issues with their crop insurance. Uh, so just making sure that all those things are taken care of and if, our, if the congressman can write a letter or um, ask a question at a hearing, um, related to that issue, it's like kind of being that point of contact for people um, to help them with any issues they have related to the federal government. So how did you, did you have a choice of which area you were going to be in, or was agriculture your choice, or how did that work? Yeah, so uh, they, when I when I first started in Congressman Latta's office, I didn't have any issue areas. It's kind of like I got promoted to doing that. Um, initially, I was uh, kind of like I handled the mail program. It's called Legislative Correspondent. Um, members of Congress get thousands of emails, letters, phone calls every week, um, and all of those need to be responded to. So I handled the mail program, and through that, I got to you know be exposed to all the issue areas and wrote letter response letters um, related to basically every topic under the sun. Um, and so, you know, through that process, I got to see which areas that were important to me um, and I had a personal interest in. Thankfully, the congressman really wants his staff members to, um, like, work on issues that they 
have a particular interest in because he knows then they'll be more excited about it. And um, so through that process, I kind of was like, oh, I really love agriculture. Like, this is great. Um, and for example, I just took on tax policy. Uh, so I um, kind of through conversations with my boss um, uh, was given issues that I had an interest in. So I'm really lucky. Not all offices are that way. Sometimes they just throw issues at you and you just have to embrace it. For example, I think healthcare policy would be horrible to do. Um, so I'm really glad I don't have that one. So I saw from LinkedIn that, like you said, you started as a legislative correspondent. I'm glad you explained what that was because I didn't know what that was. And then you spent two years as a legislative aide. And then just in the last month, you've become the legislative assistant. So yeah. as a legislative aide, what did you do in that position? Yeah, that one's kind of a hybrid. It's like a stepping stone. So I still handled the mail program, but they kind of recognized that I had that under control and was ready to grow um, in the office. Um, and so I just got a couple issue areas. Like I had three issue areas to kind of get my feet wet. Agriculture was one of them. But now I'm transitioning out and not doing any mail and just doing issue areas. So I have like 12 issue areas now. Okay. So how many other people like you are there in the congressman's office? Yeah. So I think this is actually a pretty big misconception. The offices are really small. Um, we have, there's really just kind of, oh, for the most part, one staffer at each level. So um, we have a staff assistant who, you know, is kind of like a receptionist, answers the phone, coordinates tours, that kind of thing. Then there's the legislative correspondent that handles the mail program. And then for a while, it was legislative aid, so we didn't really have a legislative correspondent. Um, and then there are, there's one other legislative assistant with me, and then we have a senior legislative assistant who is just a little higher up, um, and then a legislative director, and she oversees, you know, all of the legislative assistants and makes sure that everything's functioning well in that part. And then there's a comms director who handles, like, social media and press releases. There's a scheduler and a chief of staff. So we're small but mighty. Right. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Sounds like you guys probably don't have a whole lot of downtime. It is everyone ha knows what they're supposed to do, and that is their focus. Yeah. So going back to, uh, you know, high school, college, et cetera, can you walk us through a little bit of how you ended up in this place? Is this what you originally hoped to do when you were back in high school and college, or uh, was this kind of a detour that you took to this place? Uh, give us a little bit of insight into that. Yeah, so if you would have asked me when I was still at Van Buren what I wanted to do, I would have not told you what I'm doing today. <laughs> so I definitely saw myself working for like a business. I always thought it'd be so cool to work for Marathon. <laughs> and I was like, I'll just like go, I'll go to business school. I didn't really know what that job was, but that's what I envisioned myself doing. Um, but I, so I applied to a bunch of different colleges and my top two were the University of Dayton and Miami University. And I was kind of concerned I wasn't going to get into Miami University because of my ACT score. Um, but I did get in, and I, I was so excited because that was really my top choice. Um, but given my ACT score, I didn't get into the business school. Uh, but I decided to take the chance anyway. Um, 
they had an option that if you took like certain math classes your freshman year, you scored well enough, you could apply to the business school after your first year. And so that's what I was, that was my plan. Um, but the math classes did not go well. So <laughs> I had to pivot. Um, and really, you know, it was great because the freshman year you can take like a broad range of classes, intro classes. And I took an intro to political science class. And I'd always been interested in government politics, but I thought of it as more like a hobby. Um, and so when I was really thinking about what I wanted to do, I was like, well, I could, you know, make this a career. So I ended up majoring in political science. And then Miami has a program, it's called strategic communications or like a major um, that I added on to it. So I did a double major. And that really, um, I added that just to kind of keep my options open because with that degree, it's basically a public relations degree. So I knew I could go work in a public relations department at a company if like maybe I didn't actually end up wanting to work in politics. Okay. So I see that you had an internship at the House of Representatives. Was that something Miami helped you set up, or is that something that you set up on your own, or how did that work? Yeah, so I knew I needed an internship between my junior and senior year, um, and so I, was, I kind of was throwing a wide net. Like, I was open to working, interning at a company, like, in a public relations department, um, but I really kind of was like, I really think I would like to live in Washington, D.C. after I graduate, um, and so I worked with one of my professors worked on Capitol Hill um, and he like really encouraged me. He said that it would be a great experience. And so I was like, oh, you know, this would be a good time to give it a try before I, you know, move out there after graduation. Um, so I applied to probably like 30 different congressional internships. Um, you can just like most of the members have it just like right on their website um, so I made sure I got my resume up to date and everything and then um, applied. And thankfully, like, it's really helpful. I really want to work for an Ohio member or intern for an Ohio member just because that's where I grew up and that's what I'm familiar with. Um, and so I interned for Congressman Latta. Um, and then I also interned for Congressman Steve Shabbat. The internships were like half the summer each. Um, and absolutely loved it. I was like, I'm coming back here for sure after graduation. Um, but it's, it's really hard to get a full-time job on Capitol Hill. Um, they don't post their job postings publicly. You just have to hear about them. Um, so I was like really nervous about uh, what I was going to do after graduation. So I just, I, my senior year, I started applying to just jobs in DC that were publicly posted um, and ended up getting a job not on Capitol Hill, but it allowed me to move out there with a paycheck and stuff and meet people and all of that um, while I was still looking for um, a job on the Hill. Okay. So I'd love to hear then the, the, what happened once you had that, that non Capitol Hill job out in DC and what happened that led to you getting the job on Capitol Hill. But I'd also love to know, uh, the role that relationships played in that and the relationships that you built during your internship, how did those help you or were there other relationships that you didn't even realize would help you that ended up helping you and so forth? Yeah, so relationships are so important. So I, you know, made sure to really um, 
kind of get to know the people in the offices that I was interning in, meeting other interns, um, kind of figuring out um, like how the, the hierarchy worked on the Hill, what different members, like interest areas were in, all that stuff. So I, when I went back to college after my internship, I kept in touch with, you know, a couple of those people via email, asked for any advice um, they have about me, my upcoming graduation and moving back out to DC. Um, and so that was, that was really vital so that they didn't just forget about me. And it was like, oh, who was that intern two years ago? <laughs> um, but I, uh, you know, was working in the shop. It was an okay job. Like, I think it was really kind of hard for me to, like, swallow uh, taking my first job out of college. And it wasn't something I really wanted to do. But it turned out to, like, get me to where I wanted to go. So I think that was an important life lesson um, that it's okay um, to do something for a short amount of time. Um, so I uh, was just out at... DC has like, well, pre-COVID um, congressional reception. So it's like maybe the um, beef producers of America will host a reception and people in politics can go socialize, learn about beef production, whatever. So I was at one of those and I ran into one of the staffers from Congressman Lada's office. And she told me that she had just put in her two weeks notice. And I was like, oh, well, have they hired anybody to fill the role? And she said, no, they're looking for someone. Are you looking for a job? And I was like, yes, I am. <laughs> so I like the next day sent over my resume and within two weeks I was on staff. So it worked out really serendipitously. And I think it really helped that she remembered me, knew I was a good intern and I had kind of kept in touch with her um, to end up getting the job. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, net, or networking and, and relationships, I think definitely really important. One other thing mm -hmm. I saw on, on your LinkedIn profile is it talked about you were part of the Americans Abroad International Study Program. Um, you know, we've talked a little bit in our class about, you know, students maybe taking a gap year, either after high school, uh, mm -hmm. after college, during college, etc. And obviously, this wasn't a gap year, but what was it like traveling abroad? How did you learn about this study program, et cetera? Yeah, so Miami University really uh, emphasizes study abroad. So it's like, I think 50% of students end up doing some kind of international study program, um, or you have to take like a bunch more classes. So it's a really nice out from that. <laughs> um, but I did that between my sophomore and junior year because I still at that point didn't really knew, know what I wanted to do. I know I, and I knew I didn't want to give up a whole semester. Um, so it was a perfect like experience, summer experience. Um, and it was great. I studied abroad. It was half the summer in London and half the summer in Paris. Um, it was really great to a, get exposed to a lot of different cultures um, and um, meet a lot of different people, different backgrounds. Um, I would say it was a really big growing year for me to, you know, leave my parents and go to a different country with a group of people I didn't know. So it was right. great. How, how big was the group that you were with? Uh, I would say it was like 30 student Miami students. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Something else I saw on your LinkedIn profile, so 
you know, one thing we talked about with, or I've talked about with students is how they need to show people what they've accomplished and so forth. And LinkedIn is obviously a great way to do that. Mm -hmm. You talked about uh, you earned a certification through the Dale Carnegie training. And we've, again, talked about certifications and how people can add those to what they're already doing to make themselves more marketable and so forth. Uh, yeah. How did you learn about that certification? What has that helped you with? So forth. Yeah, so I um, kind of, I did it because my dad thought it would be really great for me to do. I did it my senior year of high school. It was a program. I was my dad signed me up for because he had done it through his work, um, and so then I went to the class and it was all these like thirty to sixty year old professionals and me. Um, but it ended up being great because I learned a lot about public speaking skills and just like. Um, they taught tricks about how to remember people's names when you first meet them and just general communication skills. And I think that really helped um, with getting jobs and just like making kind of professional community or professional connections um, that are just like your friends that you don't have to worry about how you talk to them and stuff. Right, so right, it was right. really good. And it's um, the Dale Carnegie books are kind of the basis for it. So Okay. Okay. So yeah, that, and I didn't realize you did it in high school. That, that's really cool. So, uh, and again, that's something students, they could look into now and they could start preparing themselves for those professional conversations and, and so forth. So as we, you know, we've heard pretty much what you have accomplished so far. Uh, can you talk a little bit about your future goals? Are, are, is this where you are right now? Is that something you expect yourself to stay in for 5, 10, 20 years? Is this a short period, and here's where I want to get in the future. Uh, where, what are you looking forward to in the future? Yeah, so I definitely uh, see myself staying on Capitol Hill for as long as I can envision. Um, I, you know, up until now, I was really like working on the next promotion, working on the next promotion. Um, but now that I was promoted to legislative assistant, it's kind of one of those jobs that. Um, people stay in for, you know, four or five years. Um, so I'm really happy to get to that place um, and really thankful that I was able to do so in Congressman Latta's office. Um, the next step would be legislative director, and I'd love to be a legislative director someday. Um, so I could see that, you know, five years down the line. Um, and then after that, the next step would be chief of staff. Um, that's a really big job with a lot of long hours. I could see myself doing it now as like a 25-year-old unmarried, no kids person, but I don't know how I'll feel about it when that time actually comes. Right. Um, but after that, um, there's a lot of opportunities to work for different not-for-profit not organizations or companies in Washington, D.C. to be like their um, – government affairs representative. So I could see that down the line too. I definitely love living in DC um, and can see myself, um, you know, building a life there in the future. Okay. Good. So yeah, sounds like you have definitely some goals and, and looking ahead to the future. So obviously to get to where you are right now, things haven't always gone perfectly. And that's something we've talked about in class that uh, we will run into roadblocks, we will have struggles, so forth. Is there anything you can think of that was either a roadblock to where you are today or maybe even an outright failure um, mm -hmm. that you learned from and because of that, uh, it, it 
motivated you to get to where you are or, you know, it didn't stop you. It, it, you, you took something that was negative and turned it into a positive. Can you think of anything like that uh, from your experience? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely say that, you know, not getting into my university's business school really forced me to pivot and think about what I wanted to do, where I could go from here. I mean, I definitely could have, you know, transferred to another university and done the business school route, but that's not what I loved Miami. I loved my friends. I loved where, like, I thought I was getting a good education there. Um, so it really forced me to reevaluate. And I, I mean, I think it worked out great. I'm so glad it happened that way. Um, I don't know where I'd be otherwise. Um, and then also just, um, you know, moving to a new city is like really scary, especially, you know, I went to school in Ohio. I grew up in Ohio, like Ohio folks are great folks. And so moving somewhere different, um, it was definitely scary. Didn't know anyone like really well anyway. Um, lived on by myself in a tiny studio apartment like it was definitely a like a big learning curve and I could have easily given up and moved back home to Ohio to like a safe job that would have been what I where I was really comfortable right Um, but I'm glad that's not what I did (laughs) yeah 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 so yeah probably a little different riding the metro um, yes around and not hopping in your car and so forth Mm-hmm. So uh, another thing we've talked about is branding in class and, and how we can show the world what we're capable of doing, what interests us, etc. Is that something that you think about uh, either now or you thought about in the past as you, uh, I guess, have, have advanced to where you are today? Yeah, definitely. So I, th- I think about this a lot, um, especially in, in my job, it's kind of public facing, like I am on official federal registers of congressional employees, and I'm searchable on Facebook and all of that. So it's really important um, for me to, you know, always be, I mean, representing myself well, but also, you know, representing a member of Congress well. And um, I think that takes a lot of thought, thought and you know, I really thought about what would be true to me um, to be the best um, representation of myself. So I always in my professional and personal communications want to come off like a go-getter, you know, kind, professional, um, reliable. Um, And so just making sure that my Facebook and Twitter and Instagram portray those things, but also that my resume um, is, you know, really um, proofread well and been reviewed by a lot of people for feedback, um, making sure that it stands out, but it's like kind of on brand for me. So like for me, it's that it has like my monogram in the upper left-hand corner. And so it's kind of different, um, but it's still classic and professional. um, And like I would say a reflection of my personality while still not being like crazy. so it's definitely something I come um, think about. I mean, it's really easy to, um, like, especially these days, like post political stuff on Facebook or something crazy on Facebook and um, just like being restrained and thinking through like what I post and what I don't post um, because it'll be there forever. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the key. It will be there forever <laughs> and it will stick with us. And obviously in D.C., that's more obvious to you than probably anywhere else in our country. So, yeah. 
All right. Uh, the last question we, we end every interview with is, what is something that you wish you had known about careers in high, in high school that you wish you had known about careers that you now know? Um, that, you know, if you had known that then, you might not have taken as long to get to where you are today and so forth. Yeah, uh, I think a good thing, um, a good answer to this is like really valuing the people that you know in your life in high school. So whether it's like your friend's dad or somebody like knowing what they do, knowing um, what how they got to where they got, I didn't really consider that. Um, but actually, uh, it's kind of funny that um, Eric Glass, he went to Van Buren, he graduated my class. I, um, you know, kind of knew him because he played on the golf team, whatever, but I was um, walking through my office and in the lobby of the office was Eric Glass's dad one day. And I was like, what in the world are you doing here? And he, you know, he does something with radios and has a federal role. Um, and so I think it is just um, really, you know, using your, your people, your network and kind of who they know and Kind of being aware, more aware of your surroundings. I definitely wish I would have paid more attention to that um, earlier. Yeah, I'm sure that's probably something we all have thought about, but it's good for today's students to hear. So, yeah. Well, Emily, I really appreciate all of the information, all of the insights, and it's really, I'm sure you see a lot of interesting things every day that, uh, and, and you're helping to make our country a better place by by informing uh, Congressman Latta about you know, what what's going on and so forth. So I, I think that's a really awesome job and a, a very noble calling that you're doing that. So I greatly appreciate it. Thank you very much for everything, and good yeah, luck as you continue down your career path. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you to Emily Lammers for sharing her experience working as a legislative assistant in the U.S. House of Representatives. To be sure you don't miss any useful career information, please click subscribe so you'll know when the next episode, featuring Macy McCartney, a 2012 graduate who is the operations manager at ProMedica Toledo and Russell J. Eby Children's Hospitals, is released. Thank you for watching and have a great day.